Welcome to The Bee Podcast. The mission of The Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age group to have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey, to listen to stories similar and different than our own, engage in each other's triumphs and failures, hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled, the loss we have endured, the joy we have encountered, and the reason behind the lessons we have learned. Bees symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is The Bee Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Bee Podcast. We're only a few episodes away from wrapping up our very first season of The Bee. But don't you worry, we'll be back in February with more great interviews and conversations that you love. Today, Katie Reed shares with us her story of growing up in Southeast Iowa. Knowing that she always wanted to explore the world, she still pushed the desire away. But longing for more, Katie found the love of her life, an ocean away. Today, she shares with us the unique story of her finding love in the United Kingdom and leaving the United States to take your wedding vows. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Katie, how are you? I'm so glad to talk with you. Great. I'm doing really good here. (laughs) Good. I have always dreamt of living where you are living. And so I'm really excited to hear all the things because it's just going to be a wonderful conversation. Okay. So Katie, you are originally from Ottumwa, but where are you currently living? Coventry, England, UK. Yes. And you followed your spouse there, right? Yep. Uh, He lives here and he's a resident here and we just decided that that was the better route to go for right now with me move. So that's awesome. Okay. So we'll totally get into that, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about your family, your hobbies, your interests. Okay. So from originally from Ottumwa, went to Ottumwa high school, lived there my whole life, lived out in the country for after high school, a few years after a while in college, I went to, um, I lived in agency for about 10 years, maybe nine years. And then, um, Obviously things change, but very close to my family. I talk to my family all the time. I'm, uh, me and my sister FaceTime quite often, one of them. And when she's babysitting my nephew, then I get to see him. That's, and he, um, sadly, he was, like, he was born right before I moved. Aww. So I only got a short time with him, but I get lots of pictures like daily. So right. it helps. And like while I'm gone, at least he's little. So he won't remember me being gone. Right. Then for hobbies, the good thing about me moving is like, I'll explain later, but I don't work right now and I'll explain why. So it's kind of given, given me an opportunity to um, get back into hobbies. Like I had things I like doing. I had interests I like doing, but I didn't have time. I worked all the time. So I started painting again. I love puzzles, do puzzles, love going for walks. And so do a lot of walking, cooking. Oh my gosh. I've cooked so, so much since I've been here and baking and I probably cooked like two, three times in a year when I was living at my parents. Now I cook almost seven days a week. So I really enjoy that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's just some of the few little things, but it's just nice because I get back into my little hobbies that I used to do and just didn't have time for and kind of get to work on myself. Yeah. And that's really nice to have that time. And like, it's an excuse really to invest in, you know, the things that you like to do. Yeah. It's like major self-care. Good. So that's got to feel really good too. Yeah, it's very refreshing. Good, good. Okay, so we're going to talk about relationships because 
I mean, this whole pod is dedicated to the like following your love across the sea. So let's start at the beginning. So what did dating look like for you in high school? So in high school, I was with another person from a different school and we started dating when, when I almost was 16. So I was like 16 years old, kind of like high school sweethearts, but from different high schools. Uh, he was a year older or grade up older than me. So I didn't really date around or get experience a lot. He was just my best friend did everything together with his friends, my friends. It was always kind of like a group of friends kind of thing we did. And then in college, obviously we're still together, um, got engaged when I was 20. And just when I graduated uh, college at 21, we got married. So we've been together for quite a few years. We're, um, then we got divorced. I think we almost made it seven years married and 13 years together. And so dating hasn't really been a big thing in my life because I've been with the same person since I was able to date. Well, and I was just having a conversation earlier with another guest and we were talking about how dating, especially in like, in like small towns, Mm -hmm. like in a town, like, you know, you have all these boxes that you need, you feel like you need to check off is what, is what this particular guest was talking about. Um, you know, and I got married when I was 21 too. And it's just like a normal, it feels like a normal progression of things, Mm -hmm. but really in other parts of the world, people don't get married that young. Mm -hmm. It's not normal. It seems like back home, that's like the thing you graduate high school, you get a job or go to college, you find somebody, you get married at early twenties, get a house, have babies. And then that how you live your life and that's how people want to live their life and that's great but I think when I was about 24 when I found out like we were struggling to have kids and everything a lot of things kind of just fell into place there to where I kind of had like a realization of maybe I want more yeah but I was kind of confused and then when I was I think it was when I was 28 29 maybe when I'm like okay I definitely want more in my life I don't want to be the person from a Tumwa who gets married and has babies and works. Like I want more. I want to see more of the world. My family's always gone on vacations. We've gone all over cruises. Obviously a lot of people know cruises are a big thing with my family in the black. Um, there's always like 50, some of us that go on a cruise. So yeah. I love traveling. Yeah. And so just kind of decided that's kind of the route I wanted to go. You know, it kind of gave me goosebumps when you were talking about, you know, like 10 years later, you do have those like realizations, like maybe this is something but then you're scared because yep. like you're breaking the status quo, right? Oh yeah. So that gave me goosebumps because I think that can res- that, I mean that resonates with a lot of people. You know, I'm I'm spo- I feel like I'm supposed to be doing these mm-hmm. things, but now that I am, and things aren't necessarily going the way that I thought they would, ah, uh, what do I do now? Yeah. So I think that's really awesome that you you know. The biggest thing is that I had to overcome was I am the type of person I like making other people happy. Oh. And I want to do everything to please people. I'm a big people pleaser. So coming to the point of, okay, I want to do something for myself now, that was probably the hardest part is being selfish in a sense, but I felt like I've earned that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you're the oldest, aren't you? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I think that, you know, taking on that responsibility, you know, for your family and for your your sisters and yeah. Yeah. And so how did that kind of feel to... Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll get into that in just oh, a second. But, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, I know, but this is great. It's so great to talk to you. So then you, you separated from your then husband mm-hmm. and um, you, so you divorced. Um, did you have any negative feedback from family or friends about that? Not really. I think the biggest thing, it was just really, I don't want to laugh, but it's kind of a weird situation that we, how we handled it. So like, it was just like an aha moment when 
the discussion came up and I'm like, yeah, I think I do want divorced. And I knew there was feelings hurt and feeling, you know, but it's like, yeah. and it was hard to accept in the beginning. Like I actually, we had the talk literally like four days, I think before our anniversary. Oh. And I had a planned trip to go to Chicago with my best friend just to get away. Yeah. Cause I knew I was the getaway. And then I came back, kind of tried to work things out, but I'm like, I just have my mind so set. And I'm the type of person that I can be persuaded to do what other people want. So yeah. I just really stuck to like, okay, I want, I want this to play out. Like if the discuss, the hard part's done, the discussion, like that's the hardest part. Yeah. I think. And we've overcome that and we get along, we got along great. Um, I actually didn't move out until, so it was October basically when we had a discussion. I didn't move out till the following March. So I actually stayed living there because I was kind of like, well, I don't know what to do now. Like, what do I do with myself? Yeah. So we had like our conversations of like, okay, we need to get a lawyer. We need to split things up, blah, blah, blah. I didn't like, we hired, like his mom hired the lawyer for us and it was probably the lawyer's easiest divorce they've done in their entire career because basically <laughs> it was like, well, you want the house cause it's, you know, it's just family land. And I'm like, well, I'm not gonna take that from you. I just really want my car cause I need a car to drive to work. And I really wanted my Volkswagen bus. Like my heart was set on that. That was my big thing. We need to talk so, about that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was like, that's all I really want. And I want to see my dogs. Like that's all I care about are my dogs and my bus. And he's like, well, I'll never take the dogs away from me. So that's worked out well for us. And so, yeah, we just basically split everything up how we wanted. Like I took what I wanted out of the house and he kept the house and it kind of just went from the, I mean, it literally, so we could have probably had the divorce finalized. I think we had a lawyer in like November. We could have had it finalized in like a week or two but because of tax reasons we had to wait until January because we filed like jointly for your taxes and everything so literally the divorce probably would have took like a week but it ended up taking like two months just because of that reason and then that was it like that was as easy as it was and then I didn't even move out until March even after we were divorced so right <laughs> well that speaks to um both of your characters you know like you you still obviously you know love each other mm -hmm. just in a different way um, and, and took care of each other in, yeah. in a different way, which is, I think, really, really lovely. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was like, it, it was like weird because it was like, it felt normal. Like it was almost like nothing really changed because we were really kind of set. And so basically what like came about was like, we were just set in our ways, like living together. Like we didn't spend a lot of time together. We were growing apart, um, but it was like a routine for us. So me staying there after divorce just felt like part of the routine, really almost like a roommate thing we had going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's what made it a little bit simpler. Like we'd have times where we kind of like get a little tearful about things. And then there'd be times where we joke about it. I'd be like, Oh, you know, if you get a new girlfriend, I'm going to have to like her, you know, she's going to be nice to my dogs and like goofy things like that. <laughs> and silly, stupid things. But, um, yeah, yeah. It was just a really strange experience. Like I don't think people can really compare my divorce to any other divorce because it just worked out so well, but oddly. Yeah. Do you think that that separation and how you both took care of each other and, you know, in separating and being, you know, open and honest with one another, do you think that pursuing relationships afterward came easier for you? So my situation's a little bit differently. And for him, I know he struggled He because he didn't see it coming was the bad thing. Oh, sure. Like I knew it was there. I've had, I probably had about a year of pondering the decision, but I didn't know what to do. So like my gut was already made, like my, I had my mind made up. And so when it came about us separating, it like completely like shook him. Like he was, uh, I mean, he was hurt and it was terrible, but he like, he accepted it because he knows like, obviously I'm not going to keep her around if she's not happy. So he struggled with the dating part, I think 
this is just my opinion. Like I'm obviously not him, so I don't know, but I think he did struggle because he didn't know how to start or how to get out there, but mingling with friends and, you know, doing things with people that helps a lot. But for me personally, so people will take it as they, as they wish, but me and Steven, um, my husband now we're actually friends. Like we met on Instagram in July and I had, like I said, I already had my mind made up for a year. So I didn't think, I'm like, oh, it's really cool to have a friend from the UK. Like, like, I just thought that was really neat to have, you know, meet somebody. And we talked every day. And he was kind of like my rock and my best friend and my support during my divorce. And then that's when feelings kind of came about. But I'm like, well, these are impossible feelings. Like, I'm not going to go be with a guy in England. I possibly move to the, But yeah. I had no interest in dating yeah. anybody either. I wanted to, like, buy a house. I wanted to have my own place. I wanted to be my own person. I didn't want to worry about dating. I didn't even know how to start or what to do about dating because I dated in high school one person. Like, yeah. now I'm an adult. Like, what do you do? Right. How does this work? <laughs> it was like porn. Like, so it was just easier to talk to Steven and just have a friend and then just kind of work through those emotions. But then more emotions came out. And then that's when I realized I really like this guy. Maybe we can make it work. So that's kind of how my dating experience went. So I didn't really have one. So every time, like, once we were dating, I'd be like, is this normal to feel this way? Cause like I'm an adult now and do adult <laughs> women like feel this way during dating or yeah. how does this work before dating? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's crazy to, to think that because your experience had been just, you know, the, your high school sweetheart and it would, it, I mean, I'm thinking that that would be really, really hard to kind of navigate. Like, am I seeming needy? Is this normal? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I want attention, but do I ask for it? How does or, like, just the whole thing. Yeah. And then like my, but my previous relationship, only having that one relationship to go by, it was like, we dated for so long, things were natural and we didn't fight. We didn't bicker. There was no like jealousy or anything. So I didn't have a lot of the emotions that some people feel in a relationship because it was just easy going. Yeah. You were. So here I'm in a new relationship and I'm like, Oh, I feel a little jealous, but I don't know if that's jealousy I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, just weird emotions that you've never had to really Yeah, experience. so it's like, so it's yeah. like a new wave of like emotions and like, kind of like a, yes. like you're waking up. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would talk to my other friends, like I have some friends like that have been with the same person for so long too. So I'm like, well, they don't know how to date as an adult. Like, so I'd ask other people like, well, is this normal to feel this way? Like when you're dating a guy or, you know, seeing a guy, do you feel this way sometimes? Like really try to compare the emotions to make sure I'm like not crazy or something. Yeah. Well, it, it would make you kind of second guess yourself. I mean, you don't oh, yeah. want to, I was really bad about it. And you know, you, you value your now husband, Steven so much, like you definitely want to be your best person. And you know, for, just from the yeah. introduction, like explaining like how you take care of yourself. I think that's a big part of happiness in relationships as well. Like, yeah, just like enjoying Mm -hmm. enjoying your time at, by yourself too. Yeah. Which is so awesome. Okay. So you met him on Instagram, which I think is so wonderful. Let's talk about, I mean, what, okay. So when did you meet for the first, I mean, when did you physically see each other for the first time? So this is how it all played out. I'll give you like the short story Let's, version. Yeah. So or the long story. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically what happened was I, ha I was on Instagram, you know, you can meet and follow people. You don't even, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Social media. Yep. And we just started following each other. And he told me after a few months of talking that it took him like three or five days to actually get up the courage to message me. And I had pictures of like myself, my dogs, like I look like a normal person. You know, you never know when you're going to get like some kind of scammer. So of course I was on edge at first. And then, so we talked for 
a couple months and we start when we were developing the feelings um i said okay let's see like this is weird because you're in the uk i'm in the states this is probably not gonna work out but you know why not like let's just try it so i said let if we can talk for six months and we still feel this way then please uh agree to come see me first because i was like i don't have the guts to fly out of the country like by myself so he agreed to come over here first and I didn't have the money anyways to fly out of the country either. So, yeah. um, he saved up his money and after six months he bought his ticket Aww. and we oh. literally talked every single day from July 27th. We never went a day without for two years straight, long distance. Never one day. We did not miss not talking messages, uh, phone calls, FaceTime, everything. We did it for two years straight. So the six months came, he bought his ticket, happiest moment. I haven't told anybody back home like I didn't tell my family about him I'm like I told like my sisters I told my close friends but other than that nobody knew who he was he was like my little secret because I'm like if people know that I'm just recently divorced and I'm already seeing somebody like they're gonna start accusing me of things they're gonna be confused especially because he's out of the country it's gonna even be worse so I was like terrified yeah. to tell anybody because I'm like some people are gonna think that he's fake he's a fraud he's a serial killer was the biggest thing. Oh my God. Everybody thought he was a serial killer. He's going to come. I was like, why would he come this far to kill me? He's invested. How could you kill me? I'm such a nice person. <laughs> so that was the biggest, funniest thing is so many people thought he was a serial killer. So finally I got the courage, told my, my mom actually, and my dad about it. Dad was like, eh, you know, dad isn't as much about social media. So he's a little standoffish about it. Sure. I do get a lot of shocked looks like you're crazy. And I'm like, at some point I actually thought maybe I am like crazy, but I'm doing this. So, um, ticket was bought in January to come in the end of April because he wanted to come for my 30th birthday because I turned 30 in May that year. So he came and, uh, I picked him up in Des Moines at the airport and it was so funny because I was, I was a nervous wreck. I was living at my sister's at the time and I got up so early. I was like, I got to the airport probably like five or six hours early because I was so nervous. I went shopping before just to kind of blow time, took a nap in the car Finally, finally got in the airport and he comes down the stairs and of course I knew who it was because I've seen him and I'm like so we still laugh about this but I'm like my first like thought when I see him on the stairs I'm like couldn't quit smiling I was shaking so bad I was I'm pretty sure my face was beat red because I was like this is happening and I'm like we get we hugged each other and then we went and got his bags and we kind of talked and I'm like a freaking wreck like I'm in shock like this is happening we get to my car we get sweating to yeah sweating. we get to my car and i'm like this is the moment he's either gonna kill me he's gonna hate me he's gonna love me but i'm taking him to a tumble so i don't know what to do and it's so funny because you talk for so long and you still have that first awkward encounter because you're like i know you but i don't yeah. know you but i always tease him about how like when he came down the stairs i'm like you're so little like you're not i thought you were taller like like i knew, I knew his height because obviously we talk about that but i'm like you look so much taller in your pictures and on the video chat like Obviously, he's just a few inches taller than me, so he's still taller than me, but I, and he's, like, skinny, and I'm, like, you're, like, a tiny man, so I always got to tease him about that, but... <laughs> the tiny so he, man. So, yeah, so he's the tiny man, and so then, um, and I, like, I was obviously a little self-conscious, because I'm a bigger girl, but I'm, like, very confident in the most part, too. Like I said, he loved me or hate me, so we get to the car, we put his bag in my car, and he just comes over and grabs my face and kisses me, and it was, like, the aha moment, and I'm just, like in shock that we just kissed like oh my god and then yeah so yeah so that was the first time we met we spent two and a half weeks together we went to Atumwa we went to Branson we went to Kansas City and Des Moines so we stayed at a hotel in Atumwa we went to Branson for a week 
Um, we went and stayed with his friends that he met online that I became friends with from Kansas City, who are great people. Had a great weekend with them. Then we came back to Otumwa for one night. Um, was wanting my dad to meet him. My dad did not want to meet him. So that's the only reason why we came back to Otumwa that night. And then we went to Des Moines to stay at a, a bed and breakfast for the last night together before he had to fly out the next oh day. Oh, my gosh. So that Sounds like something straight up out of a movie. Like I know. It's so weird. And we had, like, the best time of our lives. Like, we just did so much in such a short time. And it was like, you did not, we did not want it to end. Like it was, so, I, I have to say him leaving was, oh, it was the hardest thing I've ever really done in that kind of sense. It was, oh, I was so like depressed. It took me probably two weeks to like, after he left to like get back to reality. Cause I was just like, now what? Like now what are we going to do? Like the goal was I need to come over here, meet his family and friends, see if I like it. And then we'll come up with a plan. If we want, originally wanted him to move back home to the States. That's just too much. It's just, it's ridiculous. But we'll talk about the visa stuff later. So you, at this point, you had, you had been talking for like a year, seriously, right? And then you met and then, you know, the plan was for you then to go back with him at some point. So had you talked about like getting married? Had, had that conversation come up in, during this time? So we realized when we were together that like it together in person, like we definitely want this to work. So what, what do we do next? Like, what's your next step? The first step was buy a plane ticket, meet person, go from there. It feels like looking back, it moved fast, but it actually was such a slow process because of the distance. So we obviously, when we were spending that time together, we were talking about like, okay, what do we want to do? And he's like, well, you know, have you come over here, meet my family and friends, and then we'll decide what to do. He wanted to move here, couldn't, you're back in the States, but you couldn't do that. It was just a difficult process. So then um, what happened was, it's kind of a funny thing. So the marriage part of it that came up kind of was like, I don't know, it's, it really is like a fairy tale thing. Like it's almost like in a Disney movie, how like Cinderella meets Prince Charming and she knows he's the one and they want to get married like the day met, the day after. That was kind of our right. situation. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I'm so in love. I want to be with him for the rest of my life. But I'm like, well, we just met. Like, this is crazy. We hadn't even dated. Um, we just spent two and a half weeks in person together. So um, when we were first started talking early on, to make the conversations fun and interesting, we played 20 questions. A lot of people know what that game is. You, I ask question, you answer, you ask question. We did 20 questions each. So it's 40 questions, basically. And then I think how we played it is we answered each other. Like if I asked him a question, he'd answer it, then I would answer it too, like my own answer. So we decided about on question 20 that we weren't going to ask question 20 to end the game until we met in person. So question 20 was going to be like, that's how we're going to end the game is by asking it face to face. So we had, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I have goosebumps because I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> so it was really funny. So as a woman, I'm like, Oh my God, what if you asked me to marry? I'm like, that'd be crazy. Like we literally just talked about this last night actually. And I'm like, I thought it was crazy. I'm like, there's no way you're going to ask me to marry you. Like maybe it'll be something stupid. Maybe it'll be something funny. Maybe it'll be something cute, but he's not going to ask me to marry him. So then we're literally, it was the day after my birthday. And we had such a fun day. We went to the Wax Museum. We played putt-putt golf. We went down to the Branson Landing, had drinks. And we're just sitting out on this dock at this um, old mill boat thing. Music playing. Literally, we were the only two on the dock. Like, everybody else was on the other side of the dock. So before that, actually, I asked my question. Sorry. I had to go first. I asked my question at another bar. And I was like, I said, I have my question. He's like, okay, what is it? And I asked him. I said, well, what are the three things that you like best about us now that we're, we met in person? And he answered. And I answered mine. And then probably about three hours later is when we were at the mill. And he's like, I have my question. I'm like, about time. Like, I never thought this game was ever going to end. 
And that's when he asked me to marry him. Ah! And I didn't really tell, I didn't tell anybody. I told like my best friend and that was it. So I was like, cause people are going to freaking go crazy if I tell him this. And then I like kept telling him like, whatever, you don't mean it. You're just kidding. You're just kidding. And he like stuck to it. And he's like, no, I really want to marry you. And so obviously we don't need to get married tomorrow or, you know, right away, but I do want to spend my life with you. So that's when we decided, okay, let's plan my trip. After he left, it just took like a month, like, okay, how am I going to afford this trip? Looking at plane tickets. And finally, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go. Like, I didn't think it was going to be possible, but I worked really hard and I made the money to do it. So I went there um, last October. I landed. So it's been like, it is, I think it was a year ago today that I uh, arrived, actually. It's either today or tomorrow. I spent three weeks in England with him and we met with a lawyer to um, discuss my, like our moving options. And it turns out that I could have went three, three different routes. I could do a work visa, uh, a marriage visa, or go back to school. And colleges here are actually a lot cheaper than back home. America. And I could have, I could like, in some ways. (laughs) Yeah. So like I could get my master's here in like a year's time and it'd be like, quarter of the price back home. Oh my gosh. So I was like, Ooh, I could do this. And then like, that's just so overwhelming thing about going back to college. So like, I don't want to think about that right now. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, let's do the work route. Cause we're not going to do the fiance visa. Cause that's 90 day fiance. Everybody's gonna make a joke out of that one. Right. So I'm like, let's just do the work one. Oh my gosh. I have never been so stressed in my entire life. I spent a good month researching the visa, researching jobs. I had to find a sponsor sponsor me a work sponsor so if I got a job so this is well I don't know if you're ready to get into the visa thing but this is where it's kind of like sure people, let's so do it people think that when you move you just move that is not the case you can't just move out of the country and just be normal you have to pay money <laughs> and you have to get a visa and there are lots of visas like I can't even explain I looked into at least four visas and there's like 20 categories like there's a lot of visas you can get Wow. Well, there's so many rules. So I probably, I like, I always joke with people. I'm like, I worked so hard researching and studying visas. I probably worked harder on that than I did four years of college. Cause there's oh, so yeah. much to take in. Sure. And I joined groups on Facebook, um, to help me with other people that are in the same situation as me. And so I decided to do the work visa. I had talked to somebody who gave me a lit or a lawyer or somebody, yeah, a lawyer gave it to me a list of the jobs that I could apply for that would sponsor me. And luckily, because my degree is in social work, well, I'm a human service and sociology, but social work um, is a shortage occupation here. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, it's going to be easy to find a job. Oh, gosh, no. So there was just so much more to it. The the job applications, I had to write like a paper for a job application. I was emailing places. It was like, I don't, I was like, how am I going to do this from another country? Yeah. So I got so overwhelmed and so stressed. And if I, if I got the job and I didn't like it, I had to pay all over again for a new visa. So it was going to cost like, I this like roughly around $2,000 for a work visa, just the visa itself. And then if I decided I didn't like that job, I'd have to go find a new job and have them sponsor me and reapply and pay another $2,000. So I'm like, what if I get a really bad job and I'm miserable? Like, what's the point of moving if you're going to be miserable? Right. So then we finally had like the big discussion. Let's just do the fiance route. That's just the easier, like way to go. Yes. We have to get married within six months, but we want it. We can do it. We can get married. We can make a paper date out of it. And then we can have a wedding later. So then it was like, Oh great. Now I have to break the news to my parents. Not only am I in love with the guy out of the country that I just broke, you know, broke the news to a few months before. Didn't really tell anybody he was back. Like he met my mom and my sisters and a few friends, like my other, like my grandparents, nobody else knew about him. 
And now I'm talking about moving there. And now not only am I moving to another country, now I'm going to get married. <laughs> so it was like one thing after another for everybody. It was just like, people really probably thought I was insane. So anyway, so we did the fiance visa route. So that was a lot easier, but it was still extremely stressful because he's considered my sponsor. So I had to get all of his pay slips for six months, all his P60s, which are like our tax return forms for five years. I had to get a letter, a letter from his boss stating that he works there and it's valid. Oh my gosh. I had to get six months of his bank statements, his house mortgage papers. Like, you know, you probably know each other way more than people like married people in America Oh, probably. because dang, that's, I mean, this wasn't a snap decision, you know? No, it was a lot of work. Holy cow. I had so, no yeah, idea. And then there was like, I had vanilla, the vanilla envelopes on my floor. There was like 20 of them in categories and labeled and what I, it was probably about 200 pages worth of stuff. Plus I'd have a proof of relationship. So I had to go back and screenshot at least one, I think I did one conversation a week for a year and I had to put that in a, like a PowerPoint thing. Plus I had to put all our pictures together in a collage and explain what we did and where we went. Plus I had to attach my plane ticket and his plane ticket. And then, yeah, it's just, it was like 200 pages worth of stuff. I had to, um, had to go do my biometrics in Des Moines. I was scared to death because I didn't really know what to expect. It was probably the easiest part of the whole thing. And it was free. Thank God. Yeah. I had to pay for the visa and I had to pay for, um, them to scan it. And it was just, it was so expensive, but it was well worth it. And then finally, so I got all that submitted in January of this year and I paid a little extra just so I could get my decision sooner because they could say, uh, no, you don't qualify. Like we don't want you over here. Then I'm out the money. No way. So it was like a nervous. Yeah. Yeah. They could deny me even after I pay. So then you just paid and then you have to like appeal it. And then you have to, you can get a lawyer. Like people actually hire lawyers to do all this for them. And I did it by myself without a lawyer. You go girl. That's awesome. So yeah, it was crazy. So then all that stress came about, got my visa. So I submitted it. I think I I did my biometrics in the first or second week of February and I got my decision, um, like March 3rd. Wow. And normally it takes six to eight weeks to get it. And I did it like the four week, <sighs> four week track. So yeah, it took a lot of planning. So I wanted to get my visa in March, move in March, come back in June to see my sister and her baby and then see the family. Well, this was all the plan and then come back for Christmas so he can meet everybody. And then we had a, a big cruise plans for next year. So I had all of this like vision, like, okay, I'm finally living my life. Finally going to do what I want. I worked three jobs for a year to pay for all this. Mm -hmm. I was a caregiver. I was a counselor and I was a waitress just so I could afford my trips and my visa and the cost to move, which is like the plane ticket. Yeah. And then, so that was all taking place. Bought my ticket, was ready to move March 30th of this year. And I decided to go to Arizona with my parents for a last vacation. Thought it'd be fun. It was gonna be great. Heard about the COVID, didn't think much of it because it was like over in China or whatever. And we were only in Arizona for three days or th four days, I think it was. We got there like on a Friday or Saturday. And by Monday, my flight was canceled. Oh my gosh. And I was a wreck. And then like, we didn't even know what to do. We couldn't go anywhere in Arizona. Everybody was, that was when everybody was like freaking out about toilet paper and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was like, I don't know what to do. So we ended up going home early from Arizona. I wanted to buy a ticket to get move as fast as I could. Like, cause was, I don't know how long this is going to be. Yeah. But that wasn't just, you know, it wasn't a smart way to go. Health was more important and everything. So we're like, okay, we'll hold it off. 
the other bad thing was, is I had already resigned from all three of my jobs before oh, I went on vacation and gave my two week notice. It was all going to play out perfectly. Luckily, I love my jobs. I love people that are in charge of me and everything. So they let me all come back to work, all three of them. Oh, good. So I did have to quarantine for two weeks after Arizona. And then I went back to working, um, counseling. Obviously, couldn't waitress because the restaurant was closed. Still did the caregiving after a few weeks of taking um, time off from because of COVID. I never got it, thank God, which I sometimes I wanted to just have it and get it over with. Right. So then it turned into no idea when I can move now. Man, you had worked so hard. You were working three jobs. Like you had, what a letdown that must have felt like. Yeah, it was like somebody just like ripped my heart out. Like my heart literally was like, I've never really been, people when they get broken up and this stuff, they have like that heartache and that, you know, broken heart. I'm like, I've never really had that. So that's, that was probably the closest thing I could, you know, say it was. It was, oh, it just hurt. Because you didn't know at that time when you would see each other again, because, you know, things were so up in the air in March. And we've already went five months without seeing each other. So that was the last time I seen was in October. Yeah. Well, I left in November. So it's been five months and it turned out. So it was in March. So it was like, we were apart for nine months before we were actually finally to be together again. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That would have been so, really hard. Holy cow. Yeah. So the visa process, I lost three months of my visa because I was allowed to move in March. So that time, it was like the time started right then and there. You got your visa, you can move now. So I lost March, April, and May, and June. So I lost actually four months of my visa. And I had to get married in two months. By the time I got here, I had two months to get married. Oh, wow. Well, and so would you have had to apply again? Like, is that a thing that you would have had to do? So we thought we would get an extension for free because it was out of our control. But they're like, oh, no, you can just reapply. But, you, but the good thing is, you can apply within the country. Oh, can I? That's but nice. normally you're not allowed to apply in the country you're wanting to move into. So that was the only thing they changed was, oh, yeah, you can apply in the country if you're already there. But you still have to pay for it all over again. Oh, my gosh. And then the other thing is, is when you get married here, you have to give notice to, um, give notice to, like, their county or something. So we had to wait 30 more days before we could even get married. Oh, wow. So here's the thing that's going to really, like, this is the thing that floors everybody. My visa expired September 2nd. I got married September 1st. Whoa. That was the soonest they could get us in to get married. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. And because we couldn't give them a four-month notice, where we had, to, we had to get married at a registration office. It's not like a courthouse thing. It's actually like a cottage. It's really pretty. But because we couldn't give them a four-month notice, we had to pay the full amount because it was short notice, even though it wasn't our fault. And um, we were only allowed to have six guests because of COVID. So we had to pay for a full-size room that fits 80 and only could have six. Wow. Holy cow. So many things out of your control. Oh, it's been a wreck. And I'm still waiting for my visa because I had everything ready to go. So we got married at 930 in the morning because that was as soon as they could get us in. Came straight home, finished the application online, sent it in, paid the fees. Because then I had to pay. So basically my fiance visa is six months. And then you apply for a new visa and you have to pay all over again. So it was like roughly $3,000 probably for a fiance visa. Then I had to pay another $3,000 for my spousal visa. So the fiance visa lasts six months. The spousal visa only lasts two and a half years. Wow. So you can't just go to a spousal visa. No, you have to apply all over again. Basically send in all this. So you have uh, about a 10 page application, send in all the same papers I sent in before, like his bank, the letter from his boss, pay slips, all that, all that again. All those things. Um, the marriage certificate, proof that we're married, a few other little things. So it's like the same thing all over again. And then I had to pay for the fee for the visa, 
which was like like fifteen hundred dollars, and then I had to pay for my health insurance here because so they have free health insurance here, which is a great thing. So I had to pay twelve hundred dollars yeah. for health insurance for me, but that covers me for two and a half years. Wow. So that's actually like understandable. Right. Yeah. So holy cow, that's just incredible. It's a lot to retain. <laughs> it is a lot. And I am just in awe that you are able to like know and do all those things, like mm-hmm. know how to do it and just do it. Um, which is us. Awesome. I mean, yeah. knowing you in high school and knowing that how like hard you worked and you worked hard in every aspect of your life. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I mean, obviously if anyone can do this, yeah. Katie can. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what everybody gets to say to me. I was like, you don't even know how close I was losing my mind. Like yeah. it was so hard. And now like now my application submitted and now we're just waiting. Like we're in a waiting game right now, but I'm still allowed to stay here until I get my decision. Like they could deny it and I'd have to go back home. That's awful. Even though That's I'm married. Awful. Why would why would they? But I mean, I haven't done any. I I haven't done anything to make them deny it. But I like if you if you forget like one little thing, like one little piece of form, one little signature, they can deny it. So, oh, I mean, I I guess that's what people hire lawyers. Right, right, <laughs> because they don't want to be responsible for that. Yeah, it's just so expensive. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, so now we're waiting. It's supposed to take eight weeks, but because of COVID, it could take longer. And oh, so here's the other thing with the fiance visa, I'm not allowed to work. Oh, that's why you're so not, that's working. Why I'm not working. He has to be my sponsor. I so I was like before and I applied for all this. I'm like, oh good, I can volunteer. I've always wanted to volunteer my time, put my foot in the door, look at some places I could possibly work in the future. Not even love to volunteer. Because of COVID? No, because of the fiance visa. You can't work or volunteer because it's still a form of working. I wonder why that is. Why can't you, I, yeah, I don't, there's a reason, but I don't remember it, but it still was. Is ridiculous. that how it is in America? Like, is that how it is in I the States? Don't, I don't know. And then, so now because I'm waiting on my spousal visa, I can't work until I get my spousal visa. Like I'm not allowed to work until I get it. So I'm going on four months here now. I haven't been able to work. Oh girl, but you are doing some serious self-care. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and I worked three jobs, saved up enough money to go at least six months. If not, I could probably last a little bit longer. So I saved enough enough money to support myself, which I paid off my car before I moved. So the only thing, only debt I have is a student loan, which the payment's very low right now. And it cost me 10 pounds a month for my phone bill because I paid my phone off. So you so. have, and I'm sure your husband, is he also helping? I'm assuming he's helping with. Oh yeah. Yes. So he has his own place and he's like, he pays for everything. I just pay for groceries basically. Yeah. And then if we go out to dinner or something, we take turns paying or whatever. But yeah, yeah, so he supports me by, he, I mean, he goes on with his life like he did before I came here. So I'm not like costing him anything being here. I I actually help out because I pay for groceries. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know, to think that this came from, you know, just like a conversation that you had at this point, it'd be like a couple years prior. That's crazy. And so cool. But Mm -hmm. man. Yeah the, the, the hiccup that COVID threw into that would have just been, like you said, devastating. Yeah. It was very devastating. It took a lot to kind of get back to like, it felt like it was COVID's never going to end. I'm never going to be able to travel. So I watched the news. I don't like the news. I don't watch the news. I watched it every day. Every morning I got online and Google COVID, see what's going on with COVID. Like, can I travel yet? When can I travel? Cause there's a travel ban. The minute the travel ban was lifted a little bit, I jumped on it. And I still haven't actually got my refund yet for my first flight. Still waiting on that. But they are planning on refunding you. Yeah, but it, because COVID is going to take a while for them to go. Of course it is. Of so, course it is. So I'm waiting COVID. on that too. But luckily I got my other flight and got in and got out. Wow. 
So wow, that's yeah. so much. And let me tell you, flying flying during COVID is creepy. So I flew from um, Chicago. I wanted a direct flight Chicago to London. Chicago is a busy airport. It was like a yeah. ghost town. The airplane, I had the whole road to myself. And then when I got to London, the um, airport I flew into was like a very crazy busy airport, ghost town. It was very eerie. That would have been eerie. Mm-hmm. And like we went to London two weeks ago. And London, I would, I guess, I've never been to New York, but I would compare it to New York here probably. And like busy streets, you can't drive, there are people walking everywhere. It was a ghost town. Like roads are clear no traffic, no people walking. And like three days after we left London, um, it went into lockdown. Holy cow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause things are bad there. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness gracious. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Um, and then when I flew in, I had to quarantine for two weeks and I couldn't, yeah. I was not in the flat at all. Yeah. And okay. So I'm curious who polices that? Like, so I had to have a form filled out before I flew. It was like two pages explaining where I was staying, who I was staying with, what my reason was for flying, if it was essential or not. Obviously it was not essential. They were going to deny me, but that was all I did. I filled out this form and I gave it to them at the, in London and they looked at it and they gave it back. So, I mean, I filled it out online, but I kept the paper one too, but I had to have proof of it. And so they knew where I was staying, but I mean, I'm obviously, I'm obedient, so I didn't go anywhere. He went and got groceries. I, we actually, it's funny, I landed on the 4th of July, which they obviously don't celebrate here. Right. And, <laughs> right. Um, it's more we of had a barbecue with, yeah. So we had, he actually put up little flags for me Aww. in his backyard <laughs> and had a barbecue with his parents and his best friend and her husband. So that like the six of us were kind of like social distancing, having a barbecue. Right. Because I couldn't leave the ground. Oh my goodness. So, so how has his family kind of, you know, welcomed and accepted you? Oh, they're great. They're wonderful people. They're so, it's so funny because honestly, everybody from England's really nice. Like everybody's very chipper and polite and so proper. And I've never been asked so many times in my life going to a house if I want a cup of tea. Like I've drank so much tea. I loved iced tea back home, but all I drink now is a hot tea. Yeah. Which we don't call hot tea here. We call it tea because <laughs> that's just what it is. But yeah, I mean, everybody's just so kind and like his best friend um she actually right now lives across the street from us because they're building a house and she invites me to do things with her all the time like on fridays we go get flowers from the flower shop and we we create bouquet bouquets together and there's like local girls around here they invite me to go out with them to dinner whenever we can and yeah everybody's been super welcoming and like so nice. inclusive yes. and yeah yeah accepting and like his um best friend's brother's girlfriend is apparently very similar to me. And I met her and oh my gosh, we clicked instantly. Like we were meant Good. to be friends for sure. So, and it's so fun because around here, like once I was out of quarantine, I was, and things were like easing up on lockdown stuff. I was able to actually go out and explore more. And it's so funny because to them, like if you take a car ride for two hours, that's, oh, that's forever to them. I'm like, that's a trip yeah. to Iowa city to go shopping. Yeah. Like that's nothing. <laughs> Cause everything is so, is right where you are, right? Like everything that you would need is. Yeah. Like I remember thinking, um, before when we first started talking, I'm like, Oh, UK is another country. And I'm thinking for some reason I thought it was big. Like in my mind, I think UK is big. And then the more you look into it, I'm like, Oh, it's, I'm on an Island. Really? It's not as big as nothing. Like it's so tiny, really. Well, and you know, thinking about as a like as a kid, like growing up and thinking that you, you, you know, he would said that you wanted to travel and you wanted to do all these things. Um, and then finally being able to do them and not only do them, but have someone that you're doing it with that you, you know, love and that you're, I mean, you're, you're very similar yeah. and you have this. Yeah. We share, we have a lot in common. Yeah. I think that's, 
you know, finally being able to live that out is something that I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't give themselves time to do, you know, like, because we do like in the Midwest and, and I, I keep saying like, I don't mean to sound negatively. I think that we just have a tendency to not allow ourselves that time to grow, Mm -hmm. but now you've given yourself that time, you know, you broke that mold for yourself and you know, Mm -hmm. you're doing something that is so cool. And so many people just dream of. So, yeah, I hope it inspires other people. I know it's hard and it does, it's not easy. And I think relationship wise though, like it taught me a lot. Um, The distance was so incredibly hard communication is such a massive key in any relationship, no matter how far or how close. And I think the distance, honestly, as hard as it was, it really makes you cherish and appreciate so many little things so much more. Like what have I done to invest in myself? And then what have I been able to invest in my husband? And I'm thinking like everything, everything we do is like the littlest, like we cook together. I appreciate that. If we sit down and watch a movie and we're not on our phones, like I appreciate that when we're walking down the street and you're holding my hand and walking your dog and like going to the grocery store and goofing off, like just every little thing that some people take for granted. And I mean, I know the relationship's still new, but I hope that never dies. And I think it's just a good reminder. The little things are really the matter the most to me. Like we, we went to London for a day. That's, that's amazing. But I really cherish the little things here, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like the holiday, like the, the movie, the yeah. holiday. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm so glad that you have that and you found that and you know, you're, you're doing what you wanted to do. Um, so can you, let's talk about your husband for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How is he? Like what, what's he like? Um, he is, oh, he's just great. He's, he's in the other room. So he's probably in there like listening in on me, but, um, (laughs) he, I always like brag about how amazing he is. Like when I talk to some of his friends, they're like, Oh, how's life in the UK? I'm like, Oh, it's really good, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, how's Steven? I'm like, oh my God, he's just amazing. Like, it's so funny because he, he has this big beard and, you know, he's got all these tattoos and his, these piercings. And so that's going to, people are going to think, oh, he's kind of weird or he's a, a mean, burly guy or whatever. But he's really like, he's got the biggest heart. He is, I honestly like, the best thing I can tell people is, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing my first relationship because I'm not. You live, you learn. But I don't think I've ever felt so loved in my entire life. I've never had one human being love me and adore me as much as he does. And it just, and I don't think I've ever loved somebody as much as I do him. Well, and I think people love in the capacity that they know how to, you know? Yeah. And so if that's not modeled, you know, if people are, don't know how to do that, it's, it's not necessarily anything that they've done mm-hmm. wrong. It's just, they know they love in the capacity that they have. And so yeah, that's really yeah, refreshing I, then for you to to have that like, oh, I can I can feel like this. Yeah, and it's just it's like such an like people are always saying, oh my god, all you're doing is smiling, you're glowing, you're so happy. I truly, truly am. Like, I've never been so happy. Like, it's hard being away from your family. It's hard being away from my dog. Like my dogs. Oh my gosh, breaks my heart being away from them. Luckily, I have such a great ex mother in law. Like, she's amazing. She's been like my other mother my whole life. We Facetime three, four, five times a week so I can see my dogs. So it, it's worked out really well, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. worth that huge jump and that big risk to be with somebody. If you truly know that's the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, I think you can love more than one person or be in love more, more than once in your life. And every love is different and every love teaches us different things. But I truly think that Steven and I yeah. might sound cheesy. I don't know, but I think he's my soulmate. I really truly think our, it wasn't your soulmate isn't supposed to always be an easy connection. 
it's going to be hard and you're going to have to fight for it. But if your souls want to be together, you're going to do everything you can. And we truly have jumped so many obstacles and hit so many walls just to be together. And it's so worth it. No matter how yeah. hard and tough it was like, he's, he's funny. He's amazing. He's, he's just, He's just all in all, this amazing, great guy. And I, you had posted, yes. You know, I've seen, I've had like, just like a couple, you know, videos where I've seen that you've posted, I think it was like on snap. And then on Facebook, you posted it. You made a video of how differently we speak. So like in the U S we say things differently than they do in the UK. Mm -hmm. And that was so crazy and so cool. So you're learning, you're learning a bunch of new stuff too, right? Oh yeah. I, they, they do Celsius for, um, temperature they do their measurements are in grams and they do kilometers and like and then the other other language and it's so funny because last night we were actually facetiming a bunch of my family and it's so funny they're like what do you say what do you say i'm like i feel like i'm speaking a new language like i'm a translator (laughs) and i'm like i can hear him plainly but he i mean he does have a thick accent and he speaks proper english the queen's language as he always reminds me (laughs) because england's older than america so they're right and we're wrong. That's so funny. I think that's so great that they held a Independence Day party for you because yes, it could I be know. a little like, sore subject. We're, we're even going to do a Thanksgiving. Oh, so. that's so great. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so because they would have never had like a Thanksgiving, like the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. No, and, yeah. they just don't really, yeah. But they have roast dinners every, so they do traditional things are so different. Like they have roast dinners every Sunday. Which is like Thanksgiving dinner every Sunday. Every Sunday. Oh my gosh! I want to go live in the UK. Yeah, like they full on cook like a lot of food. Like his his best friend made us a roast dinner on a Sunday like two weeks ago, and I'm like, it's like Thanksgiving. Like this is crazy. And you guys do this every Sunday. Wow. I mean, they're making like lamb or pork or chicken. They do like different kinds of potatoes, different vegetables that I don't know what they are. But they taste <laughs> good. They have a Yorkshire pudding, which I thought was a roll, which is not. It's like a pancake oh. thing that looks like a roll, but there's like air inside of it. So it's like an empty roll. Crazy. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. So they, just, they eat a lot of different things. I've ate so many different things. And it sounds awesome. Yeah. It, it's, it's just a lot. Every day is a learning thing. Like, honestly, every day we're correcting each other's language. Like he'll say something and I'll laugh and like, he's like, what? Or he'll tell me something and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, because there is that. There, so. I mean, things are. Di- I mean, yeah, we say things mm-hmm. differently. So, yeah, of course. Oh yeah, very differently. Yeah, everybody keeps telling us we need to do another. You do uh, the language you do. again. So yeah, I always make a list of words. I'm like, I think one of their favorite one is um, we say uh, aluminum. Yeah, and they aluminium or something like that. So they how they say in, it in the UK. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's always weird things like that. They do. They do. So. Gosh, I love that so much. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's definitely a learning process here. For sure. So like, what would you, what would your advice be? I mean, you, you have, you have done so much, you know, following your heart and following your love and your soulmate. What would your advice be to people who are wanting to make a huge change in their life for love? I would definitely say from my learning experience, I don't think there's anything I probably would have done too drastically different because it's just a process and everybody's situation is different. But if, somebody is with another person and they just don't feel like they're all in it and they feel stuck. Like, I guess in my situation is like, I loved my house that, you know, we made my own, my, our own and, um, my dog. So I felt like, how do I leave this? Like, how do I leave what I've built? What I've spent these years on? Is it worth staying around? Is it worth leaving? What am I going to lose if I leave? Who, who's going to like, 
Is this family going to hate me? Is this family going to love me? Things like that. There's so many challenges and it really is a thing that you need to think through. But if you have that gut feeling and you know that you want more and you deserve more, it's okay to be selfish and it's okay to follow your heart. It really is. Like you're going to get some people think negative. You're going to get some people that are your cheerleaders for it. You know, that's just how it is and everything you do. But it truly is like life's too short. You never know. You're not promised tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen. Obviously, we didn't plan for COVID and here we are. But your life will adjust. Just like COVID, we all adjusted to how to live right now through it. So it's the same thing. Like you, you may decide to leave, but you'll adjust tomorrow. Like you'll figure it out. Like just follow your heart and work hard. I mean, it does take a lot of work and it takes a lot of determination. But don't feel stuck because 30 years from now, you could be in the same place and be like, wow, I really should have left or I really should have done this or I should have done more. I should have left that job. I should have went on that vacation. You know, there's not just in relationships, but anything in your life. Like if you feel stuck, you really need to find the good in something else. Something that brings back that light in you. Well, yeah. Investigate why you feel stuck and yeah. yeah and like, I have pros and cons. So that's okay to me. I made lists. I'm a list person. Like I'll figure out like what, what outweighs the other. Like I didn't know where I was going to be. I, that's why it took me forever to move out because I'm like, I don't leave my dogs, but I don't want to move back to my parents, but I ended up doing it anyways. And I felt, I had my moments. It's okay to feel sad and to feel mixed emotions and feel like there's times where I felt like a failure because I'm like, Oh, I was married and I had a house and I had, you know, all this stuff, but now I have, it feels like I have nothing, but really I do. I have so much more like the abstract yeah the abstract things that you have it is a struggle but hopefully most people have good support systems i mean some people don't support does help a lot but there's a lot of things i try to do on my own which made it harder so take the support given to you like i didn't want to live with my parents but i did and that helped me so much and i'm forever thankful yeah. and grateful for them for allowing that and it's okay to be 30 years old and living in your parents' basement where you lived when you were 16. It's not, <laughs> just don't, don't stay there forever, but eventually move out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just buy the plane ticket, go on the trip, move out of the country, do the work you have to do. It, it all works out in the end. And like, some people are like, well, what happens if you guys break up or, you know, you don't like it over there? I'm like, I come home. Well, then what are you gonna do? I'll figure it out. Like, it's not the end of the world. If it doesn't work out, I'll go home and I'll start again life's too short. You yeah. Know? I'll figure it yeah. out. Like everybody figures things out. You don't yeah. just don't stay in a stuck situation. Cause it's so hard to leave it after so long. Yeah. And there's so much of the world. Is so if people want to travel, Oh my gosh, obviously once COVID is over, do it. Like buy the plane ticket, go see the place. You'll, you won't regret it. You know? Yeah. And self-care is so important. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. I lost sight of that. I got terribly sick last year and had pneumonia. I actually, I had walking pneumonia the week I was leaving to go to England for my first time. I was on an airplane with walking pneumonia when I landed. Oh my gosh. And like I worked cause I worked like 22 days straight, you know, you lose sight of things. It, it's bad on your body. So it's okay to take a break. It's okay to re, you know, regroup yourself. But self-care is such a massive thing too. I would say is part of why people are unhappy too. They just work, work, work and work to live. Like you need to live too. For yeah. what? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not all about material Absolutely. things. It's about the experiences and the memories you make on their way, I think. Yeah. That's lovely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So then what would your advice be to friends of people who are wanting to do something different for the sake of love? Like those support people. It's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to tell that person, like, you, if you think it's a bad idea, it's okay to express it. But don't crush it. Don't crush your dream. Don't crush their desire. 
we have to learn. We have to make mistakes. That's how we grow. Let them make mistakes. Maybe, maybe moving out is a bad idea, but let them do it anyways. They'll figure it out. Like it's okay to make mistakes. Don't bash the mistakes. Don't remind them of their mistakes. If they, if they fail, help them back up. Don't kick them down while they're down. You know, like they're going through their own thing. It's an emotional roller coaster. It really is. Like you'll have your great days and you'll have your really terrible crappy days, but just be that person. Like my best friend, she helped me a lot. I have two best friends, Katie and Kayla and Kayla has her family, but Kayla's always supported me no matter what. And she's been a wonderful friend my whole life. But Katie was like a good support because she, she didn't really have an opinion. She didn't know how to give opinion or advice. So that's what I loved about her. So I could go on and on and on about complaining about something. And she'd just like be there. She wouldn't crush it. She wouldn't bash it. Like she listened so well. So that's a really important thing. It's good to have a good listener that doesn't have an overly big opinion about your situation. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Because if you're listening, if you're allowing, honestly, like a sounding board, Mm-hmm. You know, if you're saying these things, like, and if you feel like you're in a safe enough place to actually say all the things that you need to, and mm-hmm. not like justify like your behavior or justify anything. And you're, you're literally just like word vomiting on someone, mm-hmm. then you're able to kind of internalize like, Oh wow, I can, I can see, um, those, like the shortcomings in what I am doing. I can see like, you know, mm-hmm. you're able to then reflect. Um, whereas if you have yeah. someone telling you like, this is what you need to do and here's why you need to do it. And X, Y, Z that can either like put up a defense. You can either go in defense mm-hmm. mode or like, I'm not going to listen. Like you don't know my story. You don't know. You could shut yeah, down. You just yeah. shut down for just- sure. So I think that is important. I like that advice. Having, having that someone. Venting is definitely, I'm a very big, obviously from this, I'm a chatty person. So venting is very helpful. I think like whether you think it's right or wrong, just vent it out, like let it out. It helps yeah. a lot. And I think unfortunately sometimes because we do listen to respond, mm-hmm. we don't listen as well as your friend does because we feel like we need to have an answer. We need to, mm-hmm. well, if you're talking to me, then we need to have, I, I here's what I think. Like when really, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just like that reminder, Katie, to listen and just provide support that way. Because generally we can, we can kind of figure it out, yeah. but if we don't feel like it's a safe place and it's going to be hard for us to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. I definitely would say a good advice thing is it's okay to break the norm. You do not have to be 20 and married and have babies. You can, or you, you don't have to like, we can still yeah. have babies at 30. It's okay. People do it. Yeah. But it's like, you can break that norm. You don't, you can graduate from that town. You don't have to live in that town. You can go to college in that town. You don't have to stay there and work in that town. Like there's so much of the world that you don't see when you keep your eyes just sealed in that one place, like a tumble. Like I'm not a fan of a tumble. I'm not bashing a tumble, but I am so thankful I'm out of a tumble. Sure. So, but I think was my talk to my sister. It's like people that outsiders that come into a tumble are like, oh, why do you stay here? They don't see the good. Like we grew up there. We can, we see the good. We find the great right. beauty in a tumwa. And I know it's right. there, but there's beauty elsewhere too. Right. So yeah, the biggest thing is just, it's okay to be different. It's okay right. to break the yeah. mood. It's okay yeah. to not fulfill those expectations, yeah. make your own expectations. Well, and you know, I think it's, unfortunately, I think it's just kind of implied, you know, it's not something that we, you know, talk about and we may just put those expectations on ourselves no one tells, and I mean, I don't think parents tell their children, you know, okay, now you have to stay here, but like, 
I mean, we ha- like in, in Atamwa, there is a lot of poverty and there is a lot of, um, there is, there really is a lot of heartbreak in Atamwa and, you know, poverty mindset where you stay where you are just because like, it's, it's not out of like a love or an affection mm-hmm. necessarily. And that's, and it's not just Atamwa either, because I am like, I am like the biggest diehard Atamwa fan that you might ever find. So like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I know what shortcomings our city has, but you know, some people just stay to stay because they don't know what else to do. And then there are people who stay because they mm-hmm. want to make it better. And, you know, every, every yeah. town needs that. And every town needs people like you, Katie, you know, hometown girls that go off and they are living life the way that they want to. And they are investing in themselves that way. I think it's so awesome because people like you, I mean, you're, you are, you totally breaking that like a Iowa model where you, you grow up and you, you stay at home and we need women who are not afraid to break that mold of, you know, what the stereotypical girl does mm-hmm. in, you know, Midwest, Midwest. And so I think it's so important and that you were so brave and courageous and determined and like super fierce about, yeah. I, I've decided what I want and I'm not going to hire a lawyer. I'm going to do it myself. I think that's so awesome because we do need role models like you who are doing it, living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I encourage anybody who wants yeah. to do it. Like, just just do it. Just you have to work hard. Like, I was a counselor, teenage girls back home, and I think they they had a hard time yeah. with me leaving. But it also showed them that it's okay that you work hard enough, you can get where you want to be. Work hard. So I always kind of had that as my little role model thing for them. Like, you just got to work really hard to get what you want. Well, Katie, I have so enjoyed this conversation, and I am like rooting for you. I, you know since seeing that you were like you like your pictures on Instagram and like your snaps and you know guys if you aren't friends with Katie Reed you need to be on Facebook because and Instagram I will put her Instagram handle down in the description but Katie sends me snaps just of like she and her husband Stephen driving Mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful like I love seeing all of like you know your neighborhood and where you live and all the things that you do it's so beautiful here there's so much to see and it's just it's so different here, but it's just wonderful at the same time. But yeah, yeah. I started that. In, I have an Instagram page just for my traveling pictures. Oh, so okay. People, we'll put that down. Yeah. yeah we'll I have down. that. Like I don't post too much on my personal one. I was like, I'm going to just create my own page because so many people kept asking me. Like I had so many people that were following me. That I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And like on Snapchat and some people I don't even hardly talk to are like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you got there. I'm like, I haven't talked to you in like five years. Like, how did you know I was moving? Right. So like people really have embraced it and just started following me. And somebody's like, you really need to like do a podcast or a something. And I was like, I'll just do an Instagram and post pictures. That's the easier yeah. for me to do. So yeah, that's what I just started Instagram and just post. Like when we went to London, I posted a few pictures of it, little things, food, different things like we do here. So, and then of course on Facebook, I have a album just for life in the UK because people love looking at that. So. Absolutely. It's like, it's like our little taste of, you know, we're living vicariously mm-hmm. through you. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. It's just so cool. And I'm so happy for you. I think that's just so awesome, Katie. I, I never would have expected us to be having this conversation. Oh, I know. No, me neither. I never thought there's times I'm like, Oh my God, I live in England. Like I moved out <laughs> of the country. Like I have my, my aha moments of like, I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm just dreaming. And then you like, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. like living the dream that I never thought I'd have. Like I never thought I'd move out of state, yeah. let alone out of the country. And that's so cool. So I'm so happy for you. I think that's awesome. I am. I love following you. I will continue to follow you and um, you guys. Yeah. I'll put her Instagram <laughs> handle in the description, but thank you so much for sharing your experience. And 
you have to come back yeah. and tell us more about all the things we need to, we, we're on the cliffhanger of, is it going to be official? Is she going to get that visa? Yeah. I'll keep it posted. <laughs> okay. Perfect. We'll have to. Yeah. Have I to think everybody's going to know when I get my visa, like the whole country's probably going to know. Cause I'm going to like be screaming at the top of the building, like with excitement, yeah. finally getting it working Absolutely. so hard. So, so hard. Well, Katie, again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yes, and you guys, um, I'll put Katie's information on the uh, or in the description for you. So if you want to follow her travels, it's pretty stinking sweet. So guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on The Bee. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description to join the Hive membership for only $5 a month. Join me in an exclusive mission to see that all stories everywhere are shared. And don't forget to rate and review our pod so that all women everywhere can find us, be encouraged, and be inspired. Again, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot this week's episode and share on your social media to bring awareness to this project. I'll catch you next week. I'm Cami Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.